2022 was a year where many of us got to experience firsthand how AI is transforming the creative spheres, from writing to image generation. But those are far from the only arenas where AI is advancing. In this episode, A16Z Bio and Health founding general partner Vijay Pandey sits down with A16Z co-founder Mark Andreessen, who infamously wrote his essay, Software is Eating the World, over a decade ago. In this conversation, Mark and Vijay discuss what AI can and cannot do today, but also the tension of where it's advancing and what might stop it. They also explore the rapidly advancing technology with the frame of what it can augment instead of replace, touching on the potential future of doctors, teachers, therapists, and more. I hope you enjoy this fascinating conversation. Hello, and welcome to BioEats World, a podcast at the intersection of bio, healthcare, and tech. I'm Olivia Webb the editorial lead for Bio and Health at A16Z. I'm very excited to share this episode because it features Bio and Health founding partner Vijay Pandey in conversation with A16Z co-founder Mark Andreessen on the topic of expert AI. You can also check out a video version of this podcast on A16Z's YouTube channel, and we'll link it in the show notes. In this episode, Mark and Vijay have a lively discussion about the future of expert AI with regard to healthcare, but they also get into self-driving cars, screenplays, music, and the nature of consciousness itself. It's one of our longest episodes to date, but we could have gone longer. As Vijay and Mark discuss, AI has the potential to change many industries. So let's get started. Hey, I'm Vijay Pandey. I'm the founding general partner of the A16Z Bio and Health Fund. Um, and I'm Mark Andreessen, uh, co-founder of, uh, of A16Z. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's great, great to be here. Yeah. So, you know, you famously wrote about software eating the world. And that was um, basically, what, 10 plus years ago? Yeah. And actually, that very much seems to have come to fruition. If you look at all these other industries that software really wasn't a part of, uh, software has actually become a dominant part. But uh, actually, this year has been kind of an amazing year for another type of software, for AI. Uh, and I'm curious to sort of talk about the arc of what we think is going to happen in the future based on what we've seen in the past. And, and really how this new technology is going to change everything, much like we've seen software change the last 10 years. I'm curious what you think for just like this year. It's been kind of an amazing year. We always seem like not much happens in any given year, but 2022 seems to have been an amazing year for AI. Well, so Vladimir Lenin um, yes. once said, yeah. um, there are decades in which nothing happens. Um, and then there are weeks uh, in which decades happen. Yes. Um, and uh, let's not hope that happens politically anymore, um, but uh, it does happen, you know, in science and technology, it does happen. There are sort of moments where things kind of hit critical mass. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this sort of AI machine learning revolution seems, seems like that's what's happening right now. You know, it's been interesting to watch. You know, it, it, it's sort of like, it, it feels to me at least, it was like there was like a breakthrough moment in 2012, right? It had to do with images. Yeah. Um, and then there was a lot of work, you know, subsequently that led to, you know, things like the creation of self-driving cars. You know, based on that, and then there was some. It feels like some natural language breakthrough, maybe three years ago. Yeah. Um, and now that's really catalyzed into this, you know, kind of whole thing that we see happening around, you know, GPT and text generation. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, even even other other applications, transcription, you know, is getting much better. All of a sudden, speech synthesis is getting much better. And then now you've got this artistic revolution happening with image image, um, uh, you know, image creation. Um, and now yeah, video creation is 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 right next. You know, coming up now really fast. Yes. And so it seems like one of those catalytic moments. And then it, it, it's, 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 you know, it's like every week now there's like, funda- it seems like there's like fundamental breakthroughs, there's research papers, there's product releases coming out. Yeah. 
So it seems like a cascading thing. The, the, the way I think about it as a software person, you know, sort of lifelong, lifelong programmer, um, is that they're, you know, basically in the fullness of time, it will appear, I think that there were kind of two different ways to write software. There was the sort of the old pay to write software, which is sort of the classic von Neumann machine, yeah. you know, deterministic way. And, and the, the, the whole problem with writing software in the old model is like computers are hyper literal. Yes. Yeah. Right? And so they do exactly what I tell them. Unfortunately. Right. Every time they do something wrong, it's because you have instructed them improperly and it's yep. your very humbling experience to, to learn as a, as a young programmer that everything is, is your fault. And the machine will just sit and wait for you to fix the problem. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not going to do, do that on its own. Uh, but then there's this new, there's this other way to write software. And this is, has to do with, you know, having, having these, these, uh, the, these AI systems and then having training data, training the systems, yeah. tweaking the systems, and the sort of, you know, capability that that, um, the, the way I describe it to kind of normies is that, you know, that sort of unlocks the ability for computers to more and more interact with the real world. Yeah. And with the messiness of the real world, right, and the probabilistic nature of the real world. Yeah, well, it seems almost less like writing software, almost like training something. Yeah, right. Like when I think about machine learning and image recognition, you talked about it, it felt like it was almost like training a dog, right? Like reinforcement learning is like we'll give treats uh, as it gets better. But there's something different now. It feels like, I don't know, we've gone from like training a dog to recognize a bird versus like a hot dog or hot dog or not hot dog or so on to actually something where it feels closer to like training a person. Yeah. Or I don't know how you feel. Like when we talk about learning and training and data, like, what, what are we training? What is, where, where do you think we are in that arc of getting to, like, eventually HAL 9000 and so on? Well, so I, I, while, while this has been happening, you know, I have, you have kids, like, I have a, you, have, you know, young, young child, so I have a seven-year-old now. So as this stuff has all been mapping, I've been simultaneously training, training now the, the yes. seven-year-old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, any, anybody who's had, who's had kids will recognize what, you know, kind of what, I, what I'm about to say, but... Um, you know, it is really interesting watching little kids. The, the way I think about, or at least, at least, at least, the little kid I have, uh, who's great. Um, it's like you know, it's like everything for the first for the first few years. It's like every single thing he did was like a little applied physics experiment, which is like, let's see what happens if I drop this. Let's see what happens if I eat this. Let's see what happens if I do this to daddy. <laughs> yes, right, and see what the response is. And yes. they just run experiment after, and you can see it. You can see it very clearly when they're like learning how to walk because they're like running all these experiments about how to stand up and what to hold on to, and they keep falling over. And then at some point, like the yeah, a little neural network like actually figures it out. It does learn yeah. off and away they go, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, cl clearly it's like, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit eerie. Like you, you can see that uh, a, a similar kind of thing happening. You know, like having said that, like, you know, the, you know, the human brain just like keeps developing. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it ultimately, you know, it clearly has consciousness, achieves, you know, higher levels of consciousness, achieves higher levels of sort of self-knowledge, you know, reaches the Descartes, you know, kind of, you know, stage where it, is, it has self-awareness, um, you know, clearly is, is very creative from an early age. I'm a little less convinced that the tech, software technologies we have now are like on some linear path towards just like what are called AGI, yes, quote unquote, yeah. like consciousness. Like, yes, it's hard for me to believe that consciousness consciousness is just simply like emergent from like higher scale neural networks. Like, I, 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 I th that to me seems like a hand wave. Now, yeah. having said that, I have a lot of smart friends who are pretty yeah. sure that that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, actually, I feel that way as well. So, I want to get to AGI in a bit. I mean, and also we can debate whether consciousness is an illusion as it is, but but. Uh, where we are now is kind of amazing. Like, can people can take like GPT three? It can give it SAT exams. Can do okay. Can like a, actually it can do quite well. Yeah, yeah. It can do scores at like the so the yeah. one I saw this scored at like with twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's not bad, right? Uh, I can do that work. That would get you in a lot of colleges. Yeah, I actually gave it like acid questions like uh, to explain the derivation for the Schwarzschild radius. You know, the black hole radius to write a code for let's say eight by eight tic tac toe. Like random things that you should never be able to do because it's not just memorizing it, it's generalizing right. uh, and it's getting that. But then also it actually seems to have some sort of weird, weird hiccups and yeah. that uh, actually one thing that it really does not seem to get is humor, right. you know, 
Um, so I'm kind of curious where you think it's going to go, because before we get to AGI, there are things that an average human can do pretty well that GPT-3 can't. But then there's also what experts can do. And uh, what I'm very curious about is actually we may get to some of the expert stuff first uh, before it can do even something like humor. The irony is that something like humor that we take for granted might actually be really hard and other areas might be easier. Well, the ultimate example of the things that can't do, like it can't like pack your suitcase. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no robot that will pack your suitcase. Yeah, like, yeah. It will, it will, and if you yeah. try to get her like make an omelet, like it, yes. it'll shred your clothes. And yes, shred it. Yes, like, yes. They're not, you know. Yeah. So, so, so it can drive your car, but it can't pack your suitcase. So yeah. um, can't, it can't do your laundry. Yeah. Um, so there are the, there are these interesting kind of kind of twists. Um, I, so I would describe a little bit as followed, which is I think that the, the this generation of AI that we have is, is impressive. It is it is a little bit of a sleight of hand, yes. which we'll maybe we talk about. And yeah. then, but I also think actually to your point, human consciousness or human intelligence yes. is also a little bit the of a sleight of hand. A bit of a sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe slightly different sleights of hand. So. Yeah. So the sleight of hand that you see when you're using GPT or, you know, one of these uh, image generation things is it's not literally creating new information. Like what it's doing is it is, um, it, it doesn't have like, it has no opinion. Yes. Uh, it has no like point of view. It yes. has no like, yes. it, it, it's not sitting there like thinking on its own, coming up with some new thing. Uh, what it's doing is it's basically training, you know, ideally what it's doing is it's training on the sum total of all existing human knowledge. Yes. So for text generation, it's training on all existing human text. Mm -hmm. Right, and so it plays back at you basically projections from the yeah. sort of you know assembled composite of yes. text, and so yes. you ask it to do the eight by eight like yeah. So probably somebody on the internet at some point wrote some paper. I think though it's a little more than that because it, it, because I asked like fifty six by fifty six or one hundred one by one hundred one. Yeah. It asked some sense of generalization. Yeah. There. But I'll, yeah. I'll bet, we, we, can, we can check this, I'll bet if we Google long enough, I'll bet we could find a paper that described a general purpose algorithm for, you know, multi... Oh, that may be. Right. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Somebody did that. Yeah. yeah, I've done the same human yeah. experiment. I only have it write Seinfeld scripts. And, and sometimes they're really funny, and sometimes they're just like, the yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, I went for curve, but... You know, it's the same idea. <laughs> yeah. It's that, yeah. But, like, look, there are a lot of jokes on the internet, right? And so you'd have to kind of, you could kind of go back and kind of say, okay, it probably, like, pluck these jokes... Or, or by the way, maybe there was a paper somewhere where they articulated a general theory of humor, right? Because this has been, humor has been studied as a as a thing. And maybe there's like a general thing of like humor is like the unexpected or whatever. And so it, it, it generalizes. Well, it could be too, like all sitcoms might be the same sitcom well, at some level, right? Well, so, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so uh, here would be an example. So yeah. I also have to do like dramatic screenplays, yeah. like dramatic hostage, but yeah. quite good at those. Like three, you can say like write a three-act screenplay. And yeah. It will do it and it will yeah. have the proper like setup and resolution and so forth. But yeah, there are systems for like screenwriting in Hollywood where they have like three acts. And yes, they have, like, yes, yes. Have... It's all Rocky or it's all Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so actually it's really interesting that maybe... Uh, that what we think is magical when humans do it isn't actually all that magical either. So that's what I was going to say. So then the, then the human yeah. sleight of hand is like, you know, oh. is, 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 is there actually free will? Is there, yes. is there actually creativity yes. happening upstairs? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Way, if there is, is it everybody? Is there really a thousand types of movies or is there like one latent space of the monument? And, and basically yeah. what's happening, I think the, the theory, yeah, just, you know, kind of making this up, but I think the yeah. theory would be the hero with a thousand faces or the, yes. the idea of the Jungian hero's journey. Yes. Yeah. Which is sort of the basis for all of these yes. plots. Yeah. Star Wars and Harry Potter and everything else. Yes. Uh, it'd be, you know, a, 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 somebody with your, your background might say that basically it's sort of algorithm for surfing human neurochemistry. Yes. Yes. Right. And yes. it's generating different, like, neuro, yes. sort of neuron, you know, neurochemical yes. responses to like, you know, fear and anxiety and, mm -hmm. you know, love and all these other, all these other yeah. things. 
Uh, I've always been fascinated. There's this thing in psychology called core affect theory. Oh, that one I don't. Oh, yeah, this is great. So okay. we, so okay. Yeah. So what he, he was have all these uh, love and despair, like yeah. these different emotions. Yeah, great. Core affect theory says no, we don't. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, yes or no, good bet, good, good or bad, yeah, yeah. And, and then higher low. Yeah. Um, and so we either have like a positive, like uh, we either have like a positive uh, uh, neural response or a negative neural response, and then it's either high intensity or low intensity, and then you just basically, and so it's like wistfulness is like you know just slightly negative, but like you know despair is like extremely negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, so it's all two by two. It's a two by two, and yes, it's and it, and we're more basic organisms than we think. And, and then we just we retro, you know, as, and we're very. We're, one of the things that's very known is humans are very good at creating a story to justify whatever happened, right? Um, and so we create these stories, these scripts around this idea of an emotion, but it's basically just justifying the neural response. And so the the, the, the cynical view would be like having an ice cream cone on a hot day and like, falling in love. Uh, it's probably like the same thing. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe neurochemically, maybe they neurochemically maybe they are. Well. Yeah. This comes into play in like yeah. you know drug, drug abuse, right? Yeah. Which is you know yeah. things that things that generate an opioid response. Yeah. Like some people get an opioid response from alcohol. Yeah. Right. And they're therefore more prone to alcoholism. Yeah. People don't get that response, and so it's literally a, a, a neurochemical thing. So, so yeah. Look, maybe we're maybe we're bundles of neurochemistry to a much deeper extent yeah. than or, or a much simpler extent than, than we want to believe. Yeah. Having said that, uh, you know, again, oh, oh, and then that that takes me to the other, the other thing on AI, which is I, I do. You know, one of the ways that people are testing AI is with the so-called Turing test. Yes. And the, the, the simplified form of the Turing test is you're chatting with somebody that may be a human or maybe a bot. Right. And you chat for 20 minutes. And at the end, can you guess better than a randomist when yes. it's a human or a bot? Yeah. You know, the, the, my take on that is the Turing, you know, Alan Turing was a genius, but the Turing test is malformed. Yes. Humans are too easy to trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but that's too low of a bar because tricking a person is not mm. that hard and does not prove anything other than that you've tricked the person. Like, yes. Like, I, I think, and, and this is relevant because I think, mm. the, you know, things like GPT are about to pass the Turing test. Yes, yes. yes. Already. Oh, they probably already have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think it's going to turn out that that was too lightweight of a test. Yes. Well, here's here's my favorite example for why I know GPT is not self-aware. Um if you ask it if it's self-aware mm-hmm. and, and you ask it to elaborate on how yeah. it became self-aware, it will happily tell you. Yes. And, and yeah. by the way, if you ask it if well, how it's going to feel, <laughs> if you if you turn it off, it's going to tell you, please don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you ask it to explain to you why it's not self-aware. Yes. Um, you can do that too. It will very happily do that too. <laughs> it, it, it does not have a differential opinion about yes. those two outcomes. Yeah, yeah. Whereas every living, you know, every conscious, well, every even, even non-conscious living organism, yeah. any, any, any living organism has a very different response to those two scenarios. Yes. It's been amazing because in some ways I feel like it's as much been interesting to study the AI as the AI is reflected for us to study ourselves. You know, and I think we are sort of seeing that the magician has certain tricks, whether it's the AI magician or the human magician. Uh, and it's going through this education process. Curious though, like it feels like, you know, so, so like GPD can get into a high school, get into college, let's say. But like, what would it take for it to get its PhD? You know, and, and like we're, we're, I think that's where where the sort of dramatic stuff is to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the, again, it, exactly to your point, this yeah. stressed, I, would, I would ask the question the other way, which is that, well, okay, what does it take to get a PhD? Yeah. What does it take for a human to get a PhD? Like, yeah. How are the universities doing? Yes, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are they doing on quality control of their own yes. programs? Yes, so How many people are getting PhDs today that yeah. we would say are like actually yeah. valid, like, yes. Scientific, yes. you know, whatever, actual accomplishments? Yeah. 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 By the way, um, people who got, you know, professors a hundred years ago, like how would they score the PhDs that are being granted today? Yeah. They say, well, I, I choose, I answer that. You know, would they say the bar is lower? Lower. I think they would say the bar is dramatically lower. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the answer might be we have lowered the bar, but the same thing for college admissions. Like, you know, what does it take to get into college? Well, what does it take to finish college? Yeah. And, you know, the education says, well, this is coming up a lot right now because it's like, okay, GPT can auto-generate like, you know, mm-hmm. essays, right? Um, and so student essays. 
Uh, and so it's like, okay, the gra- the grading method of assign an essay and grade the result, like is probably not going to work anymore. Yeah. But it's like, okay, was that ever actually yeah. like, just because we thought that that was education, was that actually education? Like what, what was that actually teaching anybody anything? Like actually, I'm sure someone's going to take that to apply to colleges. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah. College applications are basically done. Right, done. Yeah. At, yeah. Least in, at least to the extent that you believe the college applications were a yeah. legitimate way to yes. evaluate anybody in the first place. Yes. Like yes. that's now it's start. It's start. I'd be more skeptical that they were ever useful in the first place. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Well, so in the PhD, let's talk about like at least in that old school mentality of a PhD of some advanced learning where you become an expert in something. Right. You know, I think that's the thing where... Uh, what do you mean by expert? Uh, let's say the ability to be in the top 0.1% uh, oh, of humanity of, let's say, designing a drug or oh, building doing something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what they, is that what they teach? Yeah, no, well, that's, that's, that's that's that education universities. I have that, that is know. my goal. So oh, wait, it, it wasn't aware of that. It wasn't aware of that part of the curriculum. I think it is. There's sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's what you have to do eventually when you get out. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, you have to apply it. I think it's where, I think it is, one of the things about being an expert in my mind is that Something that is the difference between bad, good, and great can be really close. Like, um, I could probably write a piece of music, but no one would think it's all that great, you know? And then you could have someone who's a good musician, but not a great one. Then you have, like, a genius, like uh, a Mozart or a Led Zeppelin or whatever your peculiar genre, you know? And I think where we aren't there yet is that when the difference between good and great is so close, or like, I don't know if I remember from Spinal Tap, there's a fine line between uh, brilliant and stupid, you know, I, I think that is where I think it hasn't really hit yet. Right. And that if you look at the jokes, the jokes are just kind of, okay, the screenplays it makes are not like brilliant screenplays. Right. I think it could get into college, but could it win best screenplay? Okay. You know, and so that's this part where I think we're, we're, there, we're not there yet. Okay. You know, but that I think we're getting there. So name a great music composer generated by a uh, music uh, PhD program. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. in the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Name one. Yeah, I'm thinking more in the the scientific side of things, but yeah, I don't think probably the PhD programs in that uh, space is probably not intended to generate music. Okay, yeah. Name one great screenplay written by a PhD in drama. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so that's an interesting point. Um, But I, I think what I'm getting at is still like the ability to do something, and so and the education part we can talk about how they learn. Okay. Because I think in the case of the screenplay or the the music you're talking about, they they still have to learn something, right? They, you know, or do you think they just innately sort of knew how to write a screenplay? I don't know. Yeah. I assume there's a process where they write a screenplay, it's kind of mediocre. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And then and then they get critiqued, or they critique themselves, right. and then and then it improves and improves and improves. Well, the screenplay, yeah. okay, so the yeah. divorce, let's divorce from the education. Yeah, 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 yeah education, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Look, the, screen, look, the test for the screenplay, the test for the screenplay is itself. Yeah, it's a, yeah. so screenplays yeah. are subject to market discipline. Yes, yeah. yeah, right? Um, yeah, so the question number one for a screenplay is, does it sell to yeah. studio? Will they, yeah. they buy it? Yeah, and then uh, test number two is when the movie comes out and the TV show comes out, is it, yeah. they watch it? Do yeah. like it? Yes, yes. Do they yeah. finish it? Yeah, yeah. One of the fun things that Netflix will now tell people uh, who make film and TV is they actually tell them for the first time whether anybody's actually finishing the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just all those stats are kind of mind-blogging. Right. You know, yeah. A lot of movies, like, and, you know, people go to the theater and they feel, you know, invested in and they, they don't want to leave in the middle, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very easy to punch out. Or it, yeah, it turns out yeah. a lot of screenplays, you know, mm-hmm. this is something that professional screenwriters will tell you, like, yeah. it, it can't ever sag. Yeah. Yeah, it just it, just as one example because people will, will, yeah. will stop watching. So, uh, yeah, so so screenwriting is subject to uh, uh, a market test, pop, popular music, yeah, for market test, but yeah. like classical music, which I'm a huge fan of, yes. uh, is no yes. longer subject to market tests. Mm-hmm. Right, it's thoroughly subsidized. Yes, um, that's interesting. Right, yeah. it's yeah. not in the free market anymore. Yeah, uh, or maybe the equivalents are music, movie music is 
you know. Yeah, but so movie music is subject to market test. Right, and yeah. it's probably the modern classical. It is the modern, yeah, it is yeah. the modern classical. Yeah. Um, yeah, for that reason. So yeah, the, 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 like the market test is real, but yeah, let me, let me grant your point. So let's yeah. build on what yeah. you said, yeah. grant your point. Like, let's use the, let's, can we use the term paste? Maybe? Yeah, like, yeah. Or just ability to do something hard. Well, ability, so, okay, so ability to do something hard and yeah. or create, let's say, create, so, create, create something Yes, hard. yes. Uh, create something complicated. And then also the ability to judge. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and, 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 and critically, you like to start with judging your own work. Yeah, and probably therefore the ability to prove. And then therefore the ability to prove, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that there's, there. yeah, so there is something about, ta- there's something about taste. Yeah. Like, I, I tend to think this stuff all has, like, aesthetic. Yes, like yes. A properly constructed mathematical yes. formula or software program has oh, yes. aesthetic. Oh, 100%, right. Molecule design has aesthetic properties. Physics, right. you know, also aesthetic properties. All of it, yeah. Yeah, so there's something about taste that's, like, some combination of quantitative, qualitative. Yeah, yeah. like, a great startup. It is, like, right. from, a, from a mediocre one is taste. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, like, there's certain signals, like, there's certain methods and certain signals. Yeah. It's not necessarily yeah. reducible to an algorithm. It's yeah. more of, like, a composite. You know, it's, it's sort of the foundational knowledge yeah. combined with some scope of experience, combined yeah. with some yeah. kind of ineffable yeah. characteristic yeah. of general. Well, well, we associate an aesthetic with it, but I wonder whether that's also just our emotional connection yeah, to it. Right. You know, because I think we have this good right or wrong or more right or more wrong, right. like a gradient, like, yeah, that's the right direction. Right. And But a lot of it's also whether something is elegant versus like just a hack. Right. You can tell whether these great things are just simple and powerful rather than like some some complicated machine to do something that, you know, you know that's going to f- eventually fall apart or that um, you think about that's true in physics or in the go-to-market or, in, a, or in, in music. It has all that, both that sort of complexity and a simplicity at the same time. Yeah, um, but so, uh, but I'm curious, like, so when AI gets to that point, yeah. which I think well, that's a yeah. when, not an if. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or so why, why would you say, why, why wouldn't it get there? Because, yeah. like, do we even understand how it works people like well, maybe, we, maybe we don't have to well maybe yeah. we don't have to yeah. so this is where i yeah. describe this this yeah. is like the agi question yeah. this is where i, the, the, I call yeah. the hand wave yeah really yeah. it's or the same thing yeah. the embedded assumption that it's a wad is that it yeah. will be an emergent process yeah. that will sort of yeah. unlock as a consequence of greater and greater levels of scale yeah. yeah maybe yeah yeah one way of looking at that is yes, that is yeah. what's going to happen. That's yeah. the human conscious yeah. emerge. Yeah. Like that's yeah. obviously what's going to happen. Yeah. Their, their approach from that is it's just a massive. It's a hand wave. It's a hand wave, and yeah. what the kids would call it yeah. cope. <laughs> and, and the cope yeah. would be okay. So here, I'll, let me ask you a question. Every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is the subspecialty of human biology uh, and medicine that yeah. best understands the nature of human consciousness today? Oh, I don't think there's a, there is one. Right, there is one. What, what, what? Anesthesiology. Okay, well, which is poorly understood. Well, it's poorly understood, yeah. but they yeah. know how to turn it. Off, off. They, yeah, and they know how to turn it back on. Yes, they've got the on-off switch. <laughs> That's all we got. That's <laughs> all we have. Like we have been, we collectively have been studying this question of human consciousness for a very long time. We have very advanced technologies today, functional MRI, like all this stuff. But but that speaks. To th- there's a field I would love to see created, which is molecular psychology. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, where you can start to probe this a little more than on-off. Okay. And molecular. Yeah. molecular so, so, and this is really literal book. or metaphorical? Uh, well, quite literal. Like, and it's a play like molecular biology was this big thing in the 80s. Or if I like can bring like chemistry of small molecules to like poket biology okay. or chemical biology as well. And if we could use like small molecules to maybe perturb more than just on off, but like perturbs things, we can start to understand the brain yeah. a little bit because reading is one thing, but like poking and, and sort of perturbing and then seeing the result is usually how we do any sort of experiment. Yeah. Would you view that as that a chemical? Would that be a chemical experimentation? Would that be, it be electrical? It could be either one. It could be any of that, but, yeah. but probably some combination of those things. Neural like, yeah. like on a track in theory to enable yeah. yeah. some of this. Yeah. So like, look, we just don't. Okay. So here would be the counter argument. 
is like we just we don't know how human consciousness works. Um, we actually do, we've, we've, I, I actually I I, I, did, I didn't go into the field, but I didn't go in the. I actually was that was going to be what I was going to study in, in school thirty years ago. But I, I looked at the field at the time and I was like, they don't have a clue. Like, yeah, I'm going to spend my entire career. So you want to go into consciousness tilting at windmills? Yeah, 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 at the time, yeah, college yeah, consciousness was yeah, the hot thing. Yeah, you know, building off of yeah, yeah, yeah. And but that was like expert systems, right? expert systems. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, there are early neural networks, and 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 then a lot of it got into brain chemistry, and like we're going to figure this stuff out, and we're going to learn how to build, you know. And it's just like they didn't know then. As far as I know, they don't know now. And so the, the counter argument would be this is all just like massive cope for the fact that we actually we don't understand that. So we don't understand how to do it. And so all we can do is hand wave and kind of just say, well, it's just going to be emerge it. And it's like, no, it's not. And we're, and we're going to be sitting here 30 years from now and we're still not going to have any more knowledge, you know, barring other scientific breakthroughs of the kind that you're talking about. Yeah, what's interesting is if you think about that time, we had neural nets, but they were all single layer, basically. And then they couldn't even do XOR. You know, you couldn't even do some simple things because you needed deeper networks to get at them. And you couldn't have deep networks then because we didn't have the computational power. And so the space was pretty dormant for a while, you know, AI, until, like, we started going to having the, basically just the computational power from GPUs and other things to be able to go deep. And then you could feed the data through. So it is possible that we sort of have a point where we sort of saturate the compute that we have now. We get to as much as we can get to. And that may get to close to AGI, maybe not. And then it takes another like 30 years to, to get to the next sort of breakthroughs to get there. But, okay, so but I would pull back from this. So AGI is, is the fun thing. There is a sort of step back, which is to pick a domain. And, and you know the domains I, I think a lot about, like life sciences, um, the diet and drugs, doing healthcare, like seeing if you can do a di pick a diagnosis, can you suggest a drug? In those areas, now we're talking about much more limited domain. Yeah. So we're not talking about, we don't, we don't need to go all the way to consciousness for that necessarily. Right. You, can, you can have something that's more limited. In that limited domain, right now it seems like generative AI isn't quite far enough yet to be able to like, yeah, I don't, I don't see the examples quite yet. Sure. Yeah, well, that's, we'll, we'll see. I mean, so, yeah, what's, the, what's the counter? And, and I know you, especially think about healthcare a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the first thing is whenever you're scoring, well, let's talk about like medical diagnosis, which is kind of just a low-hanging fruit uh, question because everybody, everybody experiences it. So to start up front, you have to ask a question up front, which is like, is the goal, what, what's the threshold? Is the threshold perfect or is the threshold better than human? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and by the way, this, you know, this is a topic that comes up all the time with self-driving cars, right? Which is, is it perfect? It will never make a mistake or is it just going to be better, better than human? And the way that self-driving cars score this is accidents per thousand miles driven. And self-driving cars are already lower than, than human drivers. And humans may actually be getting worse. With texting. <laughs> Always up texting. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. And by the way, you know, it increased forms of certain kinds of drug abuse, right? Um, and, then the, and then, of course, the machines have the characteristic, they get better universally, right? So a car, a car has one mishap in one location. Every other car gets trained on how to deal with that in the future where, you know, the, the learning happens across the entire, the entire uh, system. Um, and so, like, I think you can make a serious argument that, like, basically, uh, self-driving cars are already better than people on a relative basis. And, and therefore, like, morally, you could even go so far as to say human drivers should be outlawed today. Right. Like, and you would, yeah. like if you have the alternative, you can have the self-driving car, then yeah. yeah. Like the utilitarian, and I'm not a utilitarian, yeah. but the utilitarian argument would be you should obviously ban human drivers today because the machine-driven stuff is already better. Probably, by the way, the same is true for airplanes. Yeah. Right. Now, we're not actually going to do that, and there are other considerations involved and so forth, but, like, you know, logically speaking, you should at least think about that as a possibility. And I think you should think about that as a possibility, I think, for medical diagnosis, which is, you know, and here the test is very simple, which is, well, I've here expressed two tests. T test number one is the absolute test, which is if I feed in a set of symptoms, it generates the correct diagnosis 100% of the time, deterministically guaranteed. That's a high bar. The other is I do that with the algorithm, and then I go to 100 doctors, human doctors, and I get back 100 different responses, and then let's compare. 
right? And then let's track over time and says, so, you compared to Yeah, right? And like, how good is the media doctor at doing the diagnosis? And like, I don't know what your experience has been. Like, well, and the media doctor may be smart, but also may be overloaded, may be exhausted, may have like 12 other patients. 15 minute, yeah. And a lot of experiences, 15 minute. Yeah. I, there's a thing here, like experts in these areas tend to either like be like doctors themselves or they like know a lot of doctors or they have like their, you know, they, they work in the industry, they make money, they have a concierge doctor who spends a lot of time with them and does house calls. The media and healthcare experience is 15 minutes in somebody's, you know, hairy schedule with a doctor that may or may not ever see you again and has very limited data. And, yeah, yeah. and there's a well-known algorithm, which is that they come up with a diagnosis, they come up with a treatment, you go with that, that doesn't work, you repeat. Yeah. And while not sick and while still sick and not dead, you, you just repeat. And then I think many of us have been through that. Well, and then there's, and then there's all the other sort of things. So then there's like drug interaction, you know, is any one doctor tracking all the interactions of your drugs? Then there's this other issue, which is, okay, they give the prescription. Does, is there actually compliance for taking the prescription? Does the doctor actually know whether you're taking the prescription? Yeah, oh, compliance is one of the biggest disasters. Yeah. Right, but yeah. that means like the ability for a media doctor to even evaluate the success of a treatment. They may actually may not be able to do it because they may not have the data on compliance. And so like you look at the existing, I don't know, for me, you look at the existing system by which this all happens. It's very similar to looking at the existing system by which people actually drive cars, which is like, oh my God, this is not good. Like this is really not good. Uh, and, and we kind of fool ourselves into believing that it's good because it kind of feels good. We don't really want to look behind the curtain, but we look behind the curtain and it's pretty horrifying. Yeah. yeah. And so from that standpoint, it, if, if you follow that logic, then it says, okay, if the machine could do a better job, you know, if, if the machine was twice as good um, at just like list, listening to symptoms, giving the response, doing the prescription, doing the follow-up. Yeah. I mean, how far, yeah. I don't know if you've done this, but you, you, you plug in a list of symptoms. Uh, I've been playing with it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because uh, it does have access. I mean, it has access to the collective medical yeah. knowledge. And if it doesn't, now it can't, it right. you know, it could have be filled with all the EMRs, all the medical records and so on. And then it could sort of learn from that as well. Right. Well, then the other, and then the other question I'm sure you thought about, but like, okay, so the medical field moves. Yeah. And yes. so the, in the existing system, the media doctor has to like read all the papers. Yeah. 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 Which never happens when no one has right. that for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then there's continuing education, but still it's not the same. Well, here's, yeah. here's an example. Do you want, do you want your GP? Would you rather, do you want an MGP or an old GP? Uh, probably yeah, right? <laughs> well, measure. Yeah. presumably the old GP has more experience, yeah. so they have more yeah. pattern matching over time, yeah. more experience yeah. with patients. Yeah. Yeah. The young GP is probably more up on the current science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then it's like, okay, do you really want to have to make yeah. that trade-off? Yeah. Or can the machine actually have both of those? Exactly. Well, that's the thing, is that, like, you talked about how, like, um, can it beat, let's say, how does it do compared to 100 doctors? When the 100 doctors collaborate, presumably that's the ideal situation. Right. I mean, we're, 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 no, that sounds horrifying. No, no, no. I mean, that's the wisdom of the crowd. No, that's yeah, perfect. That's, it could go, well, I guess it could go either way, but that's a committee. Usually, that's the Soviet method. Usually, when you actually, when you pull it, you can, or at least maybe it's how you collaborate. Have you really found yeah. human beings to make better decisions in groups than they do as individuals? That's a good question. Yeah. In your entire life? Yeah. Oh, well, it, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, the, the full, the serious answer is the wisdom of crowds, madness of crowds. Yeah are flip sides of the same coin, right? And so, and when are you harnessing the wisdom? When are you descending into madness or, or even just, you know, mediocrity? Yeah, the, like in very specific tasks, uh, groups can do well, but otherwise it's like one big like, group project from high school, yeah. you know, which is like a... Well, so generally, like, generally what happens with people in groups is the social, social conformance kicks in. Right? Yeah, and so yeah. people want... This yeah. well-known, you know, kind of thing, there's yeah. this law of like, group polarization, which is you take a group of people who yeah. may incline slightly to one side of the medical yeah. spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. You put them together, let them talk for three hours. Yes. They all come out much more radical. Yes, yes. Right? <laughs> is it self-reinforced? Yes, yes, yes. Right. Well, so maybe that's a really interesting thing because you can imagine training AI to do have these different aspects. 
and the, its collaboration with the other versions of it would be very different. Yeah. Could be very different. Monte Carlo, I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. it should do like, this effectively in Monte Carlo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Run, run, run the same inputs a hundred times. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so I, I either we'll never get there or we're already there now. Right. But I think in 10 years, it does seem especially, maybe we hit like a, another winter, but it seems like things are accelerating so much. This seems pretty real. It seems pretty real. Yeah. What do you think society needs to, to do to change? Because there's like all these things we were talking about. And this seems bigger than like just just the revolution of software over the last 20 years or internet from the last 20 years. Because we've talked about how it changes government, how it changes regulatory, how it changes education. I mean, I don't even know where you, where you want to start with that. But I think that's something where it may take us 10 years just culturally to be able to get ready for this thing that may arrive in 10 years or may already be here. Yeah, I don't know where you want to start. Yeah, so where I would start is we've already fallen into, I th we've, we have yeah. deliberately kind of fallen into a trap already, which is we've only been using a single kind of example, which, which, and we've used it both in our discussions on medicine and also in education, which is basically a something is done today. People are doing something today, and then maybe the machine can do it instead. That's an important thing, and that's you know, it's worth thinking about. But the way the technological impact actually plays out in human society is not just that. The way it plays out is it lets you basically revisit more fundamental assumptions. Yeah, or what's not being done today. Well, or what's not being done today. Yeah, all yeah. stuff becomes possible. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and and this comes this this always comes up in any sort of discussion about employment. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. doing jobs versus machines yeah. doing jobs. Yeah, people get worried about technological displacement of jobs, but. Technological displacement of jobs, like technology, never actually creates unemployment. Technology yeah. only ever creates jobs in that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the reason for that is technology makes possible things that were not possible before. Yes, which, yes. which is what leads, which is what yes. leads to growth. And so specifically, for example, the role of the doctor, um, you know, it's like, okay, the doctor of the future is probably not going to be doing the same. Right. We, make, we have a term in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in IT, break, fix. Yeah. It's kind of what doctors, you know, the, the core motion of a lot of doctors, as you said, diagnose, prescribe, diagnose, prescribe. It's doctors, debugging. Yeah, it's debugging. Money, you know, to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Doctors of the future probably, like the, yeah. the, the technologically empowered doctor 10 years from now is yeah. highly unlikely to be spending their day doing that. Yes. They are probably going to be spending their day doing things that are actually much more important than mm. that. Yes. Right. And so, yes. for example, maybe they have more time, right, with patients because the machine is, is, is a, is a, is a, is a time-saving device. Um, maybe they have more data to draw on, you know, to be able to make their decisions. You know, they've got the machine as a partner in making the decisions. Uh, maybe they're able to spend more time in their conversation with the patient talking about psychological issues as compared to just physical issues. And as you know, and a lot of medical conditions involve, you know, two, two sides of that or, or behavioral issues. Well, as you know, like a lot of primary medical issues today are a consequence of different behaviors. Yes. And maybe doctors should be spending more time on behaviors. Yes. And it's, it speaks to compliance as well as other issues. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, compliance is a behavioral issue. Like, why don't people do this or that? Right. Uh, but then also there's all the behavioral health issues, right. which is probably one of the biggest catastrophes that we have coming out of COVID. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe doctors should be, maybe, you know, maybe the doctor in the future will be more of a life coach, yeah. of which there will be a pharmacological, you know, sort of a biological or pharmacological component. Yeah. Right. But maybe it's like, maybe it's more of, you know, sort of the holistic, the, holi the dream of sort of holistic, uh, you know, medicine. Um, and so, you know, maybe the doctor of the future is just as much is a, is actually a much more important and, you know, sort of fundamental figure in your life than he is, than he or she is today. Yeah, well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> great. Right. Exactly. So, if, so if I'm a doctor, that, yeah. that's where, yeah. I, that's where I would want to be yeah. like, and yeah. get towards. Yeah. Right. And then, and that, then that's probably a bigger and more important market, right. That is, you know, and then, and then in terms of like the size of that, that industry will probably expand, yeah. you know, kind of correspondingly. I think the same thing is true in education. Like, you know, the, 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 the teacher 10 or 20 years from now, I hope is not doing the same things that teachers doing today. I hope they're doing much better things. Yeah. Right. So for example, one-to-one -one tutoring, like 
there's basically so the thick education example. Like there, there's only one in the last like 50 years, there's basically only one known education intervention at scale that actually improves outcomes after, you know, thousands of experiments. Yeah. It's, it's one-to-one tutoring. Yes. Which is very ancient, actually. Which is very ancient, right. Which yeah. is the original form of education. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's literally how, how people used to, get, used to get educated. And so maybe this industrial, you know, the education system we have today is an artifact of the industrial age. If the industrial age components of it become automated, the teacher becomes freed up to actually work more one-to-one with students, the result might actually be a significant breakthrough in how education works. Although the ways you're describing, you can imagine also like AI doing one-on-one well, yeah, there would be intensively. There would be yeah. part of that, but also, yeah, and then maybe the AI is the one-on-one, and maybe, and maybe in that case, the teacher is supervising the AI, right? And maybe, and maybe, and maybe the teacher is making sure that the AI is like on the right track and doing the right things, and is able to kind of sit at the control panel and watch all that happen. Right. Well, well that speaks to something really interesting because I think we're probably a little nervous, at least short term, to just unleash this and like not pay attention to it. And so you'll have the doctor using this as a tool, but keeping an eye on it. You'll have the teacher maybe scaling dramatically for all this one-on-one, but keeping an eye on it. Do you think that's actually the way it's going to... I mean, this is like kind of how all technologies work. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. So, so it's, it's sort of... Um, another way to think about it is you could imagine two acronyms for AIs and artificial intelligence, which yeah. kind of implies replacement. Yeah. The, the, the one I actually like much better is augmented intelligence. Yes. Which yeah. is like the old yeah. Doug Engelbart idea. Yes. And augmented intelligence is, you know, it's, it's, or another example, the term would be Steve Jobs, a, a bicycle for your mind. Right, right. right? Um, yeah. Or, you know, a bullet train for your mind. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And, and so the, 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 the augmentation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way tech, the, if you just look at the history of new technologies, the way it plays out is everything yeah. afraid it's going to be a replacement and it turns out it's an augmentation. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you take a human being and you give them the technological tools. They yeah. therefore are much more productive. And, yeah. Like a factory versus yeah. like a artisan with their tools. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. like, you know, yeah. you know, the dream of like an, you know, an exoskeleton. Yeah. Right? The dream, yeah. You know, the dream yeah. of, a, you know, any, any of these things. Um, yeah. I mean, look, art, artists are much more productive today with digital tools than yeah. they were with just, you know, paint and canvas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, even artists that still work on paint and canvas are much more productive today because they can yeah. sell their, their products yeah. to a much larger audience yeah. online. Or like my favorite thing for art is like, you know, photography comes online and that dramatically changes art because being photorealistic isn't that interesting anymore. Right. Right. But so that creates modern art. Yeah, which actually is maybe even more expressive right? than just taking a picture. And so now I can make pictures with with AI all the time. So where does that shove art? Maybe to a more interesting place. And the artists of yeah. history, the artists were not happy about the introduction yes. of photography. Yes. And it originally is a threat. Of course. Yeah. Right. But it transformed things. Yeah, it turned out to be, it turned out, yeah, it turned out. Yeah. The, the market for art is much larger today than it was oh, that's interesting. before the introduction of photography. I mean, we call it different things. We call it things like TV shows and so forth, but like the... The market for creative expression is much, much larger than it used to be. By the way, music, same thing, right? I mean, yeah. you know, recorded music was originally a threat. It used to be a musician would compose or perform, yes. Yes. right? Um, and then, you know, to have music in your home, you'd have to hire a musician to come into your home. You know, photographs were a threat to that. But photographs made the music industry much, much larger. So people who were good at making music all of a sudden had a much bigger market. Yeah. So... I think AI is going to play out in a very similar way. Like there, there are people who will argue, no, AI is different because yeah, just keep climbing yeah. this ladder and it'll replace everything. I actually think it's going to be a, basically it's the ultimate superpower. It's the ultimate pairing. A good, we were talking about creating screenplays and, and, and scripts. A good example: if I'm a Hollywood screenwriter today, like GPT is my best friend, and I'm just sitting there all day long, and I'm just saying, you know, playing out. And it's like, okay, I reached this plot point. Dot dot dot. Give me a list of like ten ideas for what to do. And it's like, oh, okay, that's an interesting one. Uh, well. Um, I'll give you an example of how this could work. So, Math, Math, Mad Men, it's one of my favorite shows. Math, Matthew Weiner, you know, is the, ran that show. And he was always praised. He's like, wow, that show is so unpredictable. Like, you know, you never knew where it was going. And he said, yeah, well, the technique we had in the writer's room was at any given time, we had to figure out what happened next in the plot. Yeah. 
uh, we would brainstorm, we would come up with the, the five sort of things, obviously, five, five obvious things, they rule all those things. <laughs> so GPT would be the obvious things and you rule those out. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it pushes creativity. All of a sudden, every individual screenwriter could do that without having to have a whole writer's room to brainstorm. You just plug that in, it gives it back to you in two seconds. You're just like, okay, not those things. I'm going to do something else, and now I am more creative than I was yeah. before. Right? Wait, your comment about music is really interesting because now we got Spotify, so we got everything in your pocket. Can imagine like the AI Spotify, which is like the doctor, the personal trainer, the educator, like all those different things in my pocket, available right now for whatever I need to do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and with the human escalation path, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, the the, the, AI, the AI therapist uh, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, with, with the thing of like, well, okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have a thing. Especially if it gets really serious, to escalate immediately. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's What's going to hold us back? What what do we need to change? So I think it's mostly fear. So that this yeah. is where maybe I'm, yeah. I'm I'm a radical on it. Yeah. You know, this is usually where people start talking about like regulation. Um, yeah. I think it's like we have these we have these fear driven reactions. I I always think about there's this deep seated myth in in human societies the, the Prometheus myth, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Prometheus Prometheus myth is all about new technology, right? right. And the, right. the Prometheus myth is like basically this new technology of fire, right? And, and you know, and fire is one of these classic technologies where yeah. like it can be used for good, can, or can burn lot of death, right? Or it can be used very badly, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, yeah, it can destroy your 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 whole world. Um, and so uh, you know, Prometheus famously you know goes and retrieves um, you know fire from the gods, and, yep. and his punishment for it is to be chained to a rock and yep. have his liver pecked out every day for the rest yes. of eternity, yes. right? So. Yes. Embedded in there is like the anxiety about the new technology and then the arrival of the new technology maybe is like, you know, the, the fear, right, is that it's that bad and the yeah. person who does that should be punished. And, yeah. and so I always find that myth kind of plays out over and over again in all these discussions about regulation, yes. that this stuff, you know. Especially it's the gods who punish him, right? The existing gods. Yes, yes. Well, on behalf, yes. Yes. On behalf of, on behalf of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. behalf of existence. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, I yeah I I think generally it's this it's it's just you get you get these fears if you look at the history of yeah we we talked about some of this if you look at the history of new technologies yeah. generally yeah. have these fears yes uh, every step along the way yes. every technology has been created with some prediction that it's going to upend the social order and cause the you yeah. know, well it does uh, upend to some degree yeah. and, and it will do that yeah. but but you know, generally speaking in a positive way on balance yeah you know te te I mean technology is why we live much better lives today certainly. People now would not want what people had 50 years ago. Nobody would make that. <laughs> yes. Right. And you could do, you could go back in time infinitum and be like that. Right? Nobody would ever make yeah. the trade. Yes. Nobody yeah. would ever make yeah. a trade to go back in time. It yeah. never happened. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, right. That's literally, it's because you would yeah. not want to, you would not want to lose the yeah. technologies and the concepts yes. Yes. you have today. So I think that's true. And so I actually think like fear may be the, just rip off FDR, fear, fear may be the actual biggest threat. Yeah. Fear leads to the kind of, uh, you know, reach for regulation. Yes. I, I'm a skeptic. I, I don't, it's like, I don't know, right? Regulating math. <laughs> like, are we really going to regulate math? Well, but it's not going to look like regulating math, right? It's going to look like regulating this superpower. That's what they're going to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then the actual implementation yes. is regulating. You know, risk. Regulating algebra. Yeah. 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 Regulating algebra. Regu yeah. Regulating linear algebra. Like, yeah. Are we yeah. really going to regulate linear algebra, matrix yeah. multiplication? Yeah. Like, really? Seriously? Yeah. And 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 then even if we do, are we going to possibly do it in a, in a way that makes any sense? That's, yeah. Well, okay, but it won't. Obviously, it won't look like that. It'll be saying, well, we can't have computer drive cars, right? Or, or like, what, what, what's the, what's, well, how do you give the computer a test? Yeah. Or how do you know, like, okay, you make this, I'll be the cynic. So, okay, you make this claim that the computer AI is better than human. Yeah. Like, how do I know that? Because that, well, yes, it turns out because the yeah. cars are driving. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so there was, okay, yeah. so yeah. here was in your, okay, so here's how that played out self-driving cars. Yes. Yeah. So there was one category company that said, we're going to basically wait until it's perfect. And yes. We're going to basically yes. try to validate yes. We're going to work with the regulators. We're going to build this yes. stuff. Yes. Yeah. This is they're, your, they're not driving. Yeah. And they're not on the road. Yeah. They're still yeah. not on the road. 
Um, there's another category of company that said, you know what, let's evolve out of basically the cruise control. Um, and, you know, it's created cruise control and then it's radar. Basically. And you get humans driving with it and you label data. and Exactly. And you don't expect the car to drive itself in, in for the very beginning. The, the car is like an autopilot kind of thing. The expectation is you pay attention. Like, you know, te- te- Tesla's the company I'm alluding to. And if you if you turn on full self driving on Tesla, you're still you know you're still told like you're not supposed to be watching a movie. You're supposed to be actually paying attention, and the car will like alert you when it's time to pay attention. Um, but you know, notwithstanding that, Tesla has been climbing the ladder on self driving car functionality capability. They do new software releases, push live to car at night anytime they want. Those new releases are not being tested by any yeah, federal, yeah, federal, yeah. you know, it's a whatever. There's not yeah, any yeah, things. Yeah, there's no actual test happening. Yeah, uh, yeah. and that has that and that has led to incredible progress, including. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as you said, clearly in the data, this is now safer. Yeah, because you can't drivers, you can't make it work just magically, right? right? It right. has to do happen gradually, right? Because it's, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's, it's actually much like medicine is yeah. entering into a complex yeah. system, yeah, a lot of variables, yeah, in well, the real world. Like medicine too, it's like life or death. <laughs> you know, it's just serious. But yeah, but in, yeah, it, yeah the, 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 we go back to how we started the conversation. Yeah, the the wait for permission thing, yeah. the the yeah. binary zero or one, wait for permission, wait for perfection thing. Versus the incremental, let's get better and better and better. And the threshold is, is it better than humans? Is it, is it, an, is it a net improvement? Yeah. I mean, clearly in self-driving cars, that second approach is the approach that's working. If you just, you know, observe, observe. And do you think you get to the tipping point where, look, let's look at the statistics. We have, because we, we have all this happening right now. We have the statistics and it's like so much better than humans. Why wouldn't we do it? Yeah, exactly. Right. And then at some point, the morality tips where it's like, well, obviously we have to go in this direction because yeah, it's yeah. obviously better. Yeah. I suspect we're going to get their medicine pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm an optimist on that. And again, I'm not, I'm not yeah. an optimist because I think the AI is going to be perfect. I'm yeah. an optimist because I think the status quo is not that good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that might be like you start empowering doctors, you give them tools, they start using them. Yeah. And you start empowering patients. Yeah. Patients start using them. Yeah. And actually here, I think it's even different than a car because you're not on a road. It's, and it's your body or whatever. And actually, patients are driving their own health care more than ever. I think COVID was another sort of tailwind there. So maybe you start, maybe it's just about developing the tools and giving them out. Well, here would be an example. So let's use our screenwriting example yeah, to apply yeah. in medicine, which is, you know, a given set of conditions, there may be many possible diagnoses. Yes. Yeah. A, a, an experience I've had yeah. is there's a set of a set of symptoms. Yes. One doctor comes up with one diagnosis, yes. another doctor comes up with a different diagnosis. Yes. You read the literature and it's like actually both of those diagnoses in theory are. But like for some reason the one guy only thought of the one, the other yeah. guy only thought of yeah. the other. Yeah. So a way for doctors to start using this technology today would be plug in the symptoms, give me five possible diagnoses. Yes. Okay. Oh, I didn't even realize, right, that, you know, because maybe this is a new thing since, you know, I went to medical school or something. I didn't even realize diagnosis number three was an option. I have to go look at that. Yes. Yes. Right. And so the, yeah. the doctor is still doing the diagnosis. So it's your screenplay uh, example. Yeah. You're, you're augmented. As a doctor, you're augmented. Yeah. Because yeah. in that case, is alerting you to things that you should know, but yeah. no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, that's interesting. It's almost like having a mentor or or just someone to riff with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and they're right. It's a great thing is it is a machine. It will yeah. riff with you as much. Yes. As you like you know, sit there at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it has hundred yeah. times for you. It's yes. happy to. It doesn't yes. get bored. It doesn't yes. get tired. Yes. By the way, and then it also has the advantage. It has all the up to date information. Yes. Yes. Right. And all the outcomes. And when it makes a mistake, it it actually can learn from it, rather actually from being other other than being like devastated by it or emotionally reacting to it. Right. Right, and, and like self-driving cars, if it makes if some other doctor in some other state had a patient last week and yeah, made a mistake yeah. and they fixed the mistake, yeah. it will not make the mistake again. Yeah. Your patient, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So I mean, so you think, uh, and so that is a very different regulatory play than we've seen yeah. in the history of healthcare. Well, I think that's just. Uh, well, you tell me. I think that's just going to happen. So yeah, yeah. Here's what everybody knows. Yeah, I'll give you a couple yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that patients should not be on Google. Yes, they're on Yeah, 
Everybody knows every patient now does that. It's called Dr. Google. That's <laughs> exactly. Literally how it's called in the field. Right. And there's no way, like, yeah. you're not practically speaking. Yeah, to like regulate that out of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I think doctors yeah. using yeah. these new tools as an augment is something that yeah. they can just do. So, it doesn't so, require approval. So the ship is already sailed. I think so. And, and by the way, patients using GPT, if it hasn't started, it's going to start imminently. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, so, yeah. so, so the patients are going to show up with the results yeah. of GPT queries, and the doctors are going to have to respond to that. And so yeah. they're going to end up being in this world whether they want to be or not. But that's actually really interesting because as a patient, uh, and I probably know just enough about medicine to be dangerous to myself, but like I show up with the doctor and I have all of that thought out, basically that might equalize the patients, you know, such that they can actually become much more educated and become much more thoughtful and they become much more in the process as well. Yeah. Okay. So what goes wrong? Double-edged sword. I mean, do you, yeah. do you, as a doctor, do you want your patient? Yeah. Uh, do you I, want your patient more educated or less uh, educated? They may just be humoring me, but I think they want to be well, educated. Maybe with you, they yeah, yeah, more educated. Yeah, with yeah. me, they might look a little bit more sideways. Actually, but if it was really helpful, I think they would. Yeah. I, I think it, it's just about how good it is, right? Okay. So what goes wrong? Like, I mean, look, then the big thing that goes wrong, I mean, look, the big thing, I think two things go wrong. So one is just that the expectation of perfection. Right, like that, that, and and look, it's very you know, it's it's very easy to generate the negative headline. It's very easy to set off the scare, the, the moral panic, basically. Right, it was a single instance goes wrong and it gets extrapolated. Um, you know, we talk a lot about thalidomide. Like, you know, it's very easy to have that kind of moment. Or, or like the 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 person on a bike that got hit by a Tesla or something right. like that. Yeah. that. I think it was biking across a freeway. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And so, like a human probably. Hit them too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, the trolley problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the trolley problem's been in the press a little yeah. bit more recently. Yeah, as it turns out that uh, Sam Bankman Free was an expert in the trolley problem. Okay. So that okay. shows you that yeah. so it's not the route to ultimate <laughs> reality. Is it? Yes. Yeah. As, as, as it's been marketed, marketed. But um, yeah, the trolley problem. The trolley problem always gets mooted. The trolley problem gets always mooted about yeah. self-driving cars, which yeah. is you know you have a choice between killing you know I don't know it's like I don't know five grandmas or one yeah. little kid or you yeah. know, all these yeah. different like and you have to pull pull the pull a lever <laughs> to the side. But but like yeah. human drivers don't. No, no, no. Human but, drivers never make that decision. No, no. They have gas or brake. Yes, <laughs> right. And they have. I'm gonna hit the car in front of me. Yeah, not yeah. Hit the car in front of me. It's yeah. never this elaborate yeah. thing. It's always a very simple thing. And so it's not a question of whether the machine can ideally solve this sort of you know idealized complex problem. It's going to hit the brakes faster, right, when it's about to crash in the car directly in front of it. And so properly, logically kind of containing the expectation here to actual real world and not having this spin off into these, like, basically fantasy narratives that you can then criticize. Um, yeah, the, 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 yeah, so that, the absolute, the absolute limits. Um, and then, yeah, look, I, I think just the generalized fear, right? And what I always have to remind myself is, like, you know, I, I, like I say, I was, I'm a software, software developer. My background is, like, okay, I can actually, like, the, the algorithms that do this, yeah. like, you know, can I tell you every aspect of how they work? No. Like, do they? Do I understand how they work? Do I understand the basic foundations? Do I understand the basic math? Yes. 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 This is why I make the comment about regulating math. Yes. Now, to somebody who's not a coder, right? Yeah. This whole, this all this it's stuff just, is weird. It's like weird math. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so there yeah. is a. Yeah. I have to remind myself to be patient yes. and tolerant of people who don't understand the mechanics of what's happening. That yeah. said, I think the people who are going to be, I think they also have to get into the mechanics yeah. and try to understand us, and, and there's always slippage there. Yeah, so what's the antidote to fear? Is it optimism? Is it education? I mean, ideal, ideally, I mean, I think there's, uh, ideally, it's, yeah. yeah, ideally it's cultural, uh, yeah. cultural yeah. orientation towards new technology, yeah. and then ideally it's it's education and people learning and kind of, uh, yeah. or, you know, the CP Snow, two cultures. That, yes, yes, yes. yes. Across coming together and yeah. kind of educating each other. Um, 
honestly, a big part of it also, I think, is when things become a fait accompli. Yeah. I um, mean, this is what Tesla's done with self-driving cars. Yeah. Like, yeah. if it's just happening. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because who would want to go back? Like, who wants to go back? And, like, yeah. the system adapts. Right. Um, and so, um, there, there was this famous, Uber, Uber fought all these regulatory wars and all the cities that they were in because it was not technically allowed under yeah. the taxi limo charges yeah. in the beginning. And so, one of the things they did early on was um, they just made sure that there were always lots of Uber cars available around state houses and city halls. Yeah. And so, whenever somebody, you know, so you literally have somebody who's like in, you know, sort of giving this like roaring speech, you know, in city hall about shutting down Uber, yeah. and then they would come out and they'd have to get home really fast, <laughs> and the Uber would show up 20 seconds later. Right. It's like at some point, it just was like taken for granted. And then at that point, if you just said, literally, are we going to take Uber away? People would have said, no, we can't. And it's over. And that, that's what happened. And then, and, then they, and then literally what happened is they changed the laws to accommodate that behavior. And so I actually think part of it here is just like have, having these tools. Okay, here, here's a thing. Here's a good news thing. These tools are becoming widely available up front, right? So like 50 years ago, a new technology like this would have been like deployed in the government first and then in big companies. And then years later in the form of something individual people could use. The, the model today is like, it's just online. Yeah. Like GPT is online right now. Yes. Well, the, the future of paint is really intriguing because from an engineer point of view, it's the engineer's dream that if we make it good enough, such that it can get to a point where people just love it and it's helpful and it does what it needs to do, the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think that's mostly how things out. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, that's a beautiful feature. Yeah. Yeah. So now look, having said that, healthcare is very sophisticated, right? Yes. There's lots of regulations, there's yes. lots of payment, yes. right? All these things. So I saw this thing on Twitter the other day yeah. that yeah. blew my mind, right? Because yeah. this whole time I've been thinking in terms of like, you know, diagnosis yeah. and stuff yeah. in my life. So this doctor posted a video, um, and um, I think I saw that one. <laughs> we saw this. So I posted a video, and he said, look, he said, the problem it is, whatever diagnosis, whatever, like, I do the diagnosis, I do the prescription, then it's a question of whether or not I can get the, uh, the insurance company to, yeah. to yeah. reimburse, to, yeah. to, to yeah. pay for the thing. Yeah. To do that for anything even slightly out of the ordinary, I have to write a letter, I, the doctor, yeah. has to write a letter to the yes. insurance company, and yes. that letter needs to be in a specific format, and it needs to, to make the case, right? Make the case, and it needs to have the scientific citations. Yeah. And if I do the letter really well, it's going to get paid for, and if I don't do the letter really well, it's not going to get paid for. Yes. It's going to matter, you know, to the, yeah. possibly to the life of the patient. Yes. Um, and so he's like, it turns out GPT is really good at writing, <laughs> writing those letters. With the references. With the references, yes. With the scientific references, yeah. like full yeah. on, right? Yeah. yeah. And so you've got this, so that, that's another way to think about it, is you've got this bureaucratic process, yeah. which is legitimate and, yeah. and required yeah. and yeah. to exist. Yeah. And that data needs to be submitted. And yeah. honestly, it does not matter to that process whether that document yeah. is written by human or machine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden, if every doctor in the world is really good at writing correctly, yeah. properly, yeah. Yes. letters, then yeah. all of a sudden, it goes to the thing. All of a sudden, that doctor now is another, you know, whatever, for hours a week to yeah. take care of patients. Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing that I think is going to happen more quickly. And that what's interesting, what was interesting about that example is you can imagine that example having a big impact on the efficiency of the healthcare system today. Yes. Without any regulatory changes. Yes. Without any, oh, within the system. Within the system. Within, 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 actually within the system. Yeah. And so, and, and that, that was just, and that was the one where it's just like, oh, in, in retrospect, that's obvious. I just yeah. hadn't thought about it. Yeah. One guy thinks about it. All the other doctors start to do that. Yeah. The whole yeah. system upgrades, yeah. subfunction, you know, yes. one time. Yeah. I, I think like, that kind of thing, I think, is a real possibility. Yeah, and that could be because someone's working within the system, you can have the transformation immediately, but then eventually someone has to read all those letters. <laughs> someone has to validate them. It's probably, uh, you know, some sort of NLP on the other side. Well, that's right. It's, it's, it's correspondent. So there's, we have this company, um, uh, this company called Do Not Pay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is this uh, yeah. company. It's a, it's a, it's an app that sort of acts like a bot. And oh, yeah, no, I've used the app. It's for, it's, it's for people, people yes. that try it. It's, it, and it basically, it'll, it'll basically get you, it started to get you like out of, it was started to get you out of like basically, um, uh, fake, uh, sort of BS traffic tickets. Um, and then, um, it's, it, he real, he did this thing a while ago where it will unsubscribe you. For, you know, all these consumer subscription services like Comcast or whatever, like they all make it hard to like ever turn off the subscription. And so, 
he has this way to, the, the bot will do it for you. And so he just started using AI in the bot. And so um, he now, so, so the way a lot of consumer subscription companies work is you can't, you can subscribe online, you can't actually unsubscribe online. You have to call an 800 number and you have to argue with a person. And there's actually this thing in these companies called Save Teams where they're actually paid specifically to prevent you from un unsubscribing. And they'll try to cut special deals with you and they'll try to talk you out of it. And so he has this thing wired up where now he has the he has a, a, a AI generated text with within text to speech. Oh, it's just talking. And, and it talks. And it talks. <laughs> it talks to the, to the customer service person yeah. for the line. Yeah. And it yeah. basically with infinite patience. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so it will just sit and it yeah. will just yeah. argue like, no, I am yeah. actually going to unsubscribe yeah. for yeah. yes. No, yeah. I'm not running some yeah. special offer. Yeah. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Until yeah. finally the other guy finally yeah. gives, up. Yeah. gives up and says, okay, fine, I'll yeah. Yeah. I'll stop charging you. Um, and so it's like, okay, you know, it was, a, it was a precondition of the system that that worked the way that it did. It was a burden on people to have to deal with that. AI can now step in and equalize the power imbalance between the customer and the, and the company. And presumably that will change the system. Yeah, well, one would think. Well, yeah, one would yeah, help, yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. to your point, like step yeah. one for changing the system might be yeah. retaliation, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is all of a sudden the save teams will be bots, and so maybe the bots will be arguing with the bots. But at least it gets you out of this kind of Kafka-esque thing you're in today, where when you deal with these big companies, you're dealing with this giant, you're, you're individual dealing with a giant bureaucracy. At least it like equalizes the power. Well, that's kind of amazing. And that will be the spark for changing things. Because once you're in that sort of system, like we got to do better than this. Yeah, this is crazy. Right. Yeah, 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 bots yeah. argue with each other all day long. It's just clearly, clearly stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And especially with bots on both sides, now we can finally say, well, let's do an API on both sides. So let's do something smart yeah. on both sides. Yeah, just kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Mark, I mean, that's such a sort of beautiful, optimistic view of how this could go, right? Because the future we're talking about is actually a much more uh, engineer-driven that if an engineer can build this, and it really, really works, it really helps yeah. patients, it re really changes things, it'll get adopted. As it gets adopted, culture will work around it and will love it and will not want to go back. And then the future will just be right in front of us. Yeah. I mean, look, patients are going to get a vote. Yes. Doctors are going to get a vote. Right. Yeah. And, you know, this, you know, look, it's an, it's, a, it's an industry made up of people, a world made up yeah. of people. People will get a vote. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for joining BioEats World. BioEats World is hosted and produced by me, Olivia Webb, with the help of the Bio and Health team at A16Z and edited by Phil Hegseth. BioEats World is part of the A16Z podcast network. If you have questions about the episode or want to suggest topics for a future episode, please email bioeatsworld at a16z.com. Last but not least, if you're enjoying BioEats World, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Please note that the content here is for informational purposes only, should not be taken as legal, business, tax, or investment advice, or be used to evaluate any investment or security, and is not directed at any investors or potential investors in any A16Z fund. For more details, please see a16z.com slash disclosures.